This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. This morning, words of integration and guidance are a poem, Still Queer in America, by Becky Brooks. We were erased, and still we loved. We were shamed, and still we loved. We were expelled, and still we loved. We were laughed at, and still we loved. We were hunted, and still we loved. We were sacrificed, and still we loved. We were marketed, and still we loved. We were legislated, and still we loved. We were murdered, and still we loved. We were murdered, and still we loved. Our reading from scripture this morning is a rendering of Psalm 17 by Nan Merrill. Listen to my heart, O love divine. Hear the cry within me. Heed my prayer from lips that would utter truth. For in you do I seek justice. Be thou my eyes that I may see with clarity. If you try my heart, if you visit me by night, if you test me, you will discover I desire only to draw closer to you. I look at the injustice and the oppression that dwell in your land. Oh, be thou my feet, that I may walk along your paths, that I may be benevolent presence on life's highway. Open my heart, that compassion may be my companion. Where I meet anger, calm my fears. Where I meet injustice, cause me to act in love's ways. I shall behold your face when I am fully awake, and I shall dwell in the house of love and peace and joy. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew chapter 10, 24 to 39. A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear those who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. 
For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be the members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. My father asked if I am gay. I asked, does it matter? He said, no, not really. I said, yes. He said, get out of my life. I guess it mattered. My friend asked why I talk about race so much. I asked, does it matter? He said, no, not really. I told him, yes. He said, you need to get that chip off your shoulder. I guess it mattered. My neighbor asked why I put that ramp up to my front door. I said, does it matter? He said, no, not really. I told him because it makes my life easier. He said, is there a way to make it less obvious? I guess it mattered. A member of my church asked why I like gospel music. I asked, does it matter? She said, no, not really. I told her that it connects me to my southern Christian childhood. She said, I guess you're in denial about your oppression. I guess it mattered. My God asked me, do you love yourself? I said, does it matter? She said, yes. I said, how can I love myself? I am gay, Latino, disabled, and a Christian in a hostile climate. She said, that is the way I made you. Nothing will ever matter again. Poem written by an anonymous high school student called Mattering. Who we are matters to God. Who we are matters to God. But we live in a culture, and often we find that culture in the church especially, where we are not affirmed, especially if we're somehow different than the norm. If we don't fit the expectation of what a good or a normal person should be, whatever that is. The African-American writer, feminist, civil rights activist, and lesbian, Audre Lorde, said, it is not our differences that divide us. That kind of surprised me. She said, it's not our differences that divide us. Rather, it's our inability to recognize those differences, accept those differences, and celebrate those differences. I think we actually do have the ability to recognize those differences, and that's what part of the problem is, right? We see things that we categorize as different, and sometimes our flags are raised, or we're not comfortable, or something happens, right? And I think where we often fail is for moving to that next step. Not just recognizing difference, but accepting it. Realizing, oh, that's 
how you are. Tell me more about you. Help me know about you. And then she says there's another stage beyond just accepting. Celebrating. Celebrating those differences. And that's often a stage for many of us on whatever the issue might be, right? We recognize difference and perhaps we've been trained and growing up to think of that difference a certain way. But then perhaps we meet a neighbor or a friend or a coworker or a fellow student who fits one of those different categories and, oh, I kind of like this person. They've got something to teach me. In fact, there's something really beautiful about that person. And we begin to accept. And then we really begin to care. We're ready, perhaps, to celebrate those differences. But it's not easy, and it's a journey, and it's difficult. Justin Lee, in his book, Torn, Rescuing the Gospel from the Gays versus Christians debate, tells about his own coming out to his parents' story and the challenge that that was. He says, Telling my parents had been on my mind since I had first realized I was gay. It was the only major secret I had ever kept from them, but it was because I was so close to them that telling them the truth was so frightening. If anyone else reacted badly or their opinion of me changed, I could handle it. But my parents were the most important people in my life. If this news changed my relationship with them, my world would never be the same. He's at his pastor's office at the church, and his parents are coming. And he's waiting for them. And he says, as the minutes dragged by, I wondered what my parents would say when they knew. How would they feel? Shocked, angry, ashamed, confused, hurt? Would they blame me for these feelings? Or would they understand that I hadn't chosen them? Would we argue? Or would they just be sad and disappointed? I tried to predict their reaction, but I couldn't. I didn't know how they would feel. I didn't know how I would have felt. With every noise in the hallway, I started thinking it was them. I took deep breaths to calm myself. I just wanted this to be over, and soon it would be, and their impression of me would be forever changed. You could feel a little bit of what he's feeling. Since then I heard their voices in the hallway. I straightened up and tried my best not to look nervous. They sounded like they were having a pleasant conversation, just chatting and laughing like normal. They came around the doorframe and everyone looked at me. Oh, well, hello, my mom said. I couldn't quite read the expression on her face. She was surprised to see me, of course, but was there anything else? Did she know that this would be bad news? Could she tell how nervous I was? I started talking about Liz. My parents knew her. We'd been dating for some time, and they loved her. I rambled on for a minute before finally getting to the point. We broke up, I said slowly. We broke up because my voice was failing me. The knot in my stomach felt intense. We broke up because I looked at their faces. For a moment, I wondered if they knew what I was about to say. I looked down at my shoes for courage. We broke up because I'm, I couldn't say the G word. I'm not attracted to girls. The words were out. 
I stared at my feet, a million thoughts running through my head. I wanted to stop, but I knew I needed to say one more thing just to make it clear. I'm attracted to, to, come on, Justin, say it, to guys. And that was it. That was as much as I could say. Silence engulfed the room. I kept staring at my feet. My mom eventually did start crying. This wasn't the life she had envisioned for her son. Even so, she and my dad continued to affirm their love for me and their desire to help me live the way God wanted. In all our minds, of course, that meant I needed somehow to become straight. He was raised in a very conservative church environment, and that shifts in his story throughout the book. But at that point, that was where he and they were. The conversation, he says, continued into the night. All I could do was sit there silent. My parents knew my deepest secret had been exposed, and like Adam and Eve in the garden, I felt naked and ashamed. Sometimes it's hard to be who we are. It's hard to be who we are. Sometimes, well, I think life is a journey, right? Of <laughs> discovering who we are, embracing who we are, and being willing to live into who we are. And I really like the way the message renders uh, some of our text, the message translation of the Bible. And here, uh, Eugene Peterson translates Jesus saying, Don't be intimidated. Eventually, everything is going to be out in the open, and everyone will know how things really are. So don't hesitate to go public now. Isn't that a cool line? Don't hesitate to go public now. Don't be bluffed into silence by the threats of bullies. There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. It is God who holds your entire life, body and soul, in his hands. Well, it is Pride Weekend, and so I've shared a few stories relating to that, to being gay and affirming that or owning that in one's life and the challenge that that is. But I'm wondering, um, what other ways are we asked not to be our true selves? So something that in your mind is being triggered as we're talking about this this morning. Yeah. I've been asked not to be sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't be sarcastic. Don't be witty. I bet you had a response ready, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, okay. What else? What else? What other ways are we not asked to be ourselves? Yeah, Gina. Especially in like a job search and things, you're told to be more outgoing and extroverted if you're introverted. So. Okay, yeah. Yeah, if you're introverted and there are certain expectations in certain settings, why can't you be more of an outgoing people person? Well, that's a hard thing. 
But then the opposite of that is also true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why can't you tone it down, you extrovert? Man, can your shirt stop talking today? <laughs> we love it. He made that shirt himself, so man, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah, Polly. I've been told to have my head examined. Been told to have your head examined. Yeah. Okay. But you got mental problems. Okay. You are a problem, so we better look examined. That's what I've been told. Yeah. So mental health issues are very huge, and we don't have often space for difference. Yeah. Absolutely. I saw a patient this week with depression. And I asked her if she'd ever been to counseling. She's gay. And I said, have you ever been to counseling? And she said, only when I was in high school. And my parents took me to, to counseling to try to turn me straight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, depression is such a real and debilitating and serious thing. And often it's, why are you so down? Can't you just cheer up or just yeah. buck up yeah. and it's simply not right. that way. Lift yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. yeah, and it's way more difficult and complex than that. Anyone else? Yeah? To be less skeptical like in faith communities. Mm. Mm -hmm. Say more about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, just like in my experience, some of like the Christian communities I've been in, I've I don't feel like questioning and like doubting things is okay. is yeah okay or like encouraged or like affirmed as like a positive um, part of your faith journey. In some places, it is or is not. It's not. It's not okay. Yeah, yeah. And so then you feel like you've been burned in that setting, and it kind of deflates your willingness to like to ask those questions or keep trying. Yeah. 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 Yeah, thank you. I was actually told I needed to talk to somebody to see if I had evil spirits as a result of my doubts. Okay. Wow. And as a and part of the conversation had to do with mental illness. So as a so the combination of the mental illness and my doubts about Jesus and all the things surrounding that this person thought I needed to have things cast out. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And yet, it's not that surprising if we think about it, unfortunately. Yeah. Another poem, this one entitled Labels. Labels, they can make you feel like you're soaring above the clouds. Surrounded by birds of a feather, whom together they flock. The breeze whisking through your plumage, free. Or they can shoot you down. Make you fall, fall into a deep, dark hole. Make you curl into a ball, screaming, I don't know, I don't know, at the top of your lungs. No one will hear you. It's all your fault. You are the one who is questioning. You are the one who has to decide, and until then, you'll be stuck in psychological torment. It's all your fault and no one else's. You must conform. You must find a label for people to define you with, to judge you with. 
You crave to be flying once more, but that will never happen until you find a label. Nothing fits. Nothing works for me. It's just not right. You must conform. You must conform. No, I will find a way out without finding a label. Gender is fluid. Sexuality is fluid. Humans are fluid. I'll find a tunnel my own way to the surface. I'll be content living on the ground. If I find a label on my way to happiness, then great, but the label itself is not the ultimate source of joy. The label itself does not define me. I will rise above those words because that is all they are. Words. Labels can make you sore and feel like you belong. But when you realize that they are just words, you realize that what you once thought you needed becomes a distant memory. And I am content with that. Being true to ourselves. Willing to be, to choose to be our true selves. Who and how God has made us and who and how God is making us to be. It's hard. It's hard and it's not always going to go over well with everybody. Jesus is speaking to people We're deciding, do I want to follow this Jesus person? Am I willing to be associated with this person? It might cost me something. In fact, it probably will cost me something. Jesus says, some won't understand it. Some won't like it. Perhaps even your own family, maybe even your closest friends. found that in my own life when following Jesus began to look different than it did when I was 10 or 12 or 18. And when I began to talk openly about that, to share things, to blog about it, I knew there could be pushback. And there was. There was. Don't appreciate who I am as a follower of Jesus. They think I'm not following Jesus. They think I'm on a road to hell. And I'm taking others with me. I've been told you are doing the work of the devil. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to follow me, it may cost you something. Jesus was a radical. He invited us to a radical way of living and loving and forgiving. And I aspire to follow him. Some days I think I'm on the right track and other days I'm just kind of hoping to find the track. Right? It's hard. It's hard. But I think it's worth it. And I think it's what Jesus invites us to. And I think it's what our world needs.
And Jesus says, and this is again from the message, stand up for me against world opinion and I'll stand up for you. If you look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Stand up for me against world opinion and I'll stand up for you. If you look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. So don't be intimidated. Eventually, everything is going to be out in the open and everyone will know how things really are. So don't hesitate to go public now. Don't be bluffed into silence by bullies. There's nothing they can do to your soul, to your core being. It is God who holds your entire life in His hands, both body and soul. So may we learn to recognize differences, to accept them, and to celebrate them. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for my community of faith. That's what I want for our world. And that's where I think Jesus is calling us. Amen. And namaste. And now, as you go from this place, may you remember that the world is too beautiful to be praised by only one voice. And so may you have the courage to sing your song. We know that the world is hurting too much to be healed by only one set of hands. And so may you have the courage to use your gifts. And as you go, may the light of God shine upon you and within you and through you. Amen. Go in peace. to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Holland Area Arts Council in downtown Holland. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.